Jared, you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Uh, how you doing, Jared? I'm doing well now. You Looking know? good. <laughs> Feeling good. What yeah, were their man. names? Densmore and uh, John? Uh, Billy Ray Valentine and Louis. Uh, I right. remember his last right. name. Right, Louis. I just hear Nobody wants Jamie to buy Lee saying Louis. Here, Louis. Yeah. Uh, what about the old men? Oh, that's Mortimer and uh, ah, bitch. It's right. Donamichi and the other guy. Yeah. Mortimer. You got to remember Mortimer. <laughs> <laughs> Don Amici and the other guys are a gonna, terrible way to start that's a podcast. Be, nah, that's, 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 my, that's you saw be, what I just did, and you're gonna ask me trivia questions. <laughs> did you see what God <laughs> just did to us, man? I didn't know that you did. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's it's the ambush start. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's it's like starting a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just been sleeping for months, and then you give it a good tug. There we are. <laughs> yeah, man, we're here to. Well, we're keeping it. Keeping it funky this week, yeah. With as far as that was misleading, it's not funky at all. It's not it's funky at all. Other, it's 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 not funky in tone or delivery. But if you had to say, <laughs> in 1979, yo, that sounds funky. You'd be talking about the Commodores. You would be, and and that's not who we're talking about. This gets <laughs> this gets labeled as post punk. Yeah. So so I feel like in this journey of new wave. We're going to be straddling a lot of lines. Those two are interchangeable in some bands because I'm, they hadn't come up with the term new wave in 1979. Right. That came later. Yeah. Maybe a couple years even. You kind of got to read the read the cipher a little bit. But it, post-punk is accurate. It is after punk. <laughs> and it is informed by punk. Yeah, all these kids were punks. Well, they're, they're grown-up punk kids. They were kids who were punks and they grown up and make... All kinds of music. <laughs> All kinds. All kinds of music. I mean, this is, uh, I think, I think Susie and the Banshees are proto-goth, oh, too. You said the words. Proto or goth? <laughs> Susie and the Banshees is who we're oh, covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it slip. And this is their album, Join Hands. 1979 is when this thing came out. Not a very goth uh, title. Well, you know what makes this album... This is a thematic album. There's some. There's a, a, a few, a few threads running through this album. Attitude. This one feels raw. This, you know, um, and I don't know how much you know or I know about Susie and the Banshees. Mostly a ghost. Mostly a, like like. Um, she we, likes it that way. She's well, mysterious. Yeah. They've always been there. Have they been? Um. Yeah, my whole life. Where were you when? What's your introduction to Susie and the Banshees? I think when they get on the radio in the late 80s. Yeah. With uh, Kiss Them For Me and there's Outside. Well, maybe once. Yeah, I don't know. Probably that. You know, and maybe Cities and Dust. Yeah. Even that's an older song. But I just that's about late 80s is when all this started. I was late to the party because we were little kids. Right. <laughs> when this album is coming been out, disturbed if I was four, like trying to rock a uh, Susie and the Banshees T-shirt. I, at this, at, in 1979, when this album comes out, I'm forming strong opinions on cereal. Yeah. I mean, not that it would have hurt you if you came across it, this album, but you know, it wasn't nowhere on our radar. It, it was, you know, it was. The, our the parents jing- weren't listening to the, it. The jingle jangle of the world. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Susie and the Banshees aren't even close to the orbit 
uh, and what would be my orbit until I get into, and this may be a drinking game for this episode. <laughs> you know what I'm, you know where I'm going with this? I don't, but. Another Screaming Banshee, Perry Farrell. Oh, yeah. And Jane's Addiction. I learn oh, about man. Susie and the Banshees because Lollapalooza comes out, the first one, and Susie and the Banshees is playing. And Big influence. You should know who this band is, is what it felt like. <laughs> if you like Jane's Addiction, this is, yeah. It's just like Eric Clapton telling you who Robert Johnson was, you know, doing Crossroads. I mean, is this another Psycom demos? This this is fucking <laughs> the Psycom demos. Yeah. This has got this album has Psycom demos written all over it, which came out, which is a, a Perry Farrell before Jane's Addiction mm-hmm. music project. And it's like an early version of Jane says on there. Yeah, ish. There's there's you know, kind of like and but not as informed as some of Eddie Van Halen's original yeah. you know years prior where you're like that that turned into jump yeah um, there were impressions yeah there were mere impressions interpretations <laughs> <laughs> um so where do these guys come from where do these uh guys and gals come from london town london england <laughs> england yes <laughs> london England. this record hits the streets on september 6 1979 same year as last week's episode with Gary Newman and his uh, two-boy army. Yeah. And his uncle on the drums. Yep, and his uncle on the drums. <laughs> Replicas. Yeah. Uh, so you see where we're kind of going lately. It's, it's it's what we're into, man. Just we're going with it. Yeah. We're going to chase this to the source. And what we think the source is, you'll know when we, when we fucking tell you, when we get there. I, I hope, I mean, I, I feel we're circling the drain a little bit. <laughs> we're getting, we covered the cure, but as we're going to find out, the Cure copped a lot of shit from Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, and I and Robert I, Smith toured with them as a guitar player, ooh. and admittedly says I learned a lot. <laughs> Which good on him. And if uh, if uh, Two Way Army, right? Mm-hmm. They're operating at the same time, and I'm I'm seeing Gary is almost, and I think I said it, the taproot, mm-hmm. possible taproot of New Wave. I, I'm one a, of them. He's one of them, but I'm realizing that those funky carrots, when they grow, sometimes they grow with a lot of... Several roots. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking, you know, what is it, the roots, and then what else does it have? Branches the on the outside? The, yeah. I think the nuts, the bolts. This album is good. <laughs> I really, I like the way it's recorded. Yeah. I like the time that it's recorded in, yeah. and I like the delivery. Now, I don't think it's an album I could play front to back again. Susie's voice is not for everybody. No. Yeah, you know, I maybe we think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I, <laughs> uh, I think something else. <laughs> uh but I can see it not being just about everyone's cup of tea, yeah. you know. She, I mean, she takes a lot of those dives at the end of a phrasing down. Yeah. Perry said, "I think I could probably take it up a little bit." But they there are so there's so many similarities. <laughs> But yeah, her phrasing um, is is almost mantra ish. Mm. And now, what, what they're going to talk about on this album, there's a whole mess of topics. But it's not it's not I broke up with somebody kind of album. Right. She's they're going to cover, and and Susie's going to write stuff about uh, the Iran contra uh, the the Iran yeah. conflict, um, uh, meditations on prescriptions. And and upon placebos specifically, right? Um, 
all the way to Edgar Allan Poe and almost everywhere in between, including like abuse, coping with abuse, coping with wartime. I mean, her. This we'll get into what other stresses were happening she during the recording of this album. But yeah, she's, there's a lot of feels on this one. She's Jim Morrison watching the TV, that's, having a nervous breakdown. That's a good. That's a pretty good parallel. I'm not angry at that parallel. Now, I think way cooler than Jim Morrison. Totally. <laughs> Immensely cooler. Like, honestly, I think this is kind of where goth starts out, too, as we know it. Yeah. And you tell me about the Sisters of Mercy and, and Bauhaus, well, but you. you could say Wouldn't that. presume to. Stow it. Absolutely. This is, I mean, the look, the there's some songs on here. <clears throat> you said Placebo and others. I bet you that band way into Susie and the Bands. Yeah. You, I think we're going to find a lot of bands that we grew up on were way into Susie and the Banshees. Well, let's listen to maybe why they were. I'll kick out the first song. It's Poppy Day. I'm sorry. Poppy Day. As in the flower. Yes, sorry. I, I just The way I delivered that sounds like it was a Poppy Day. <laughs> poppy Day. It's a poppy day. Okay, wait. No, no, I can't. What kind of shit is this, man? Hold up. Wait a second. Doesn't even sound like a word to me anymore. I've said it too many times. (laughs) Poppy day. Those are loud. And in stereo. Reminds me of the beginning of a arcade fire song. A little bit at the beginning of uh, nothing shocking to Fucking lights oh. and shit. Yeah, they'd have drowned her like a hundred years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Okay, weaving spells above a crowd. People swaying. Dude, oh. that that's one of the uh we talk about getting to go back in time to Jimi Hendrix and Yeah. Dude, this at the at some dank ass club in London London, nineteen seventy. I don't know if they're they're probably still doing large clubs Dude. in seventy nine. They're not they were never a stadium actor, you know. Maybe no. either. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I bet. I bet a few thousand. I'm not sure yeah. what you know. That would have been a good one to research. But what's the biggest crowd that Susie and the Banshees played to? It's probably, probably Lollapalooza. Yeah, probably some festivals. They Could, probably what was big bigger at, at at that time? Even though the first one wasn't giant. Oh, dude, that's straight out of nothing. Shocking, by the way. Yeah, Just yeah. start out with that droning bass tone. Yeah, fucking thing for an intro. Hey, you song. You don't get a chorus. <laughs> It's just oh, a, that's man. a that's an intro. For that's you. a summoning to a crowd. That's a full on summoning because <laughs> people are taking a piss. People are wrapping their shit up. They're getting that you was know the call to prayer. 
right there. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's bringing people into it. And I, the people are wrapping their shit up. They're, they're fucking finishing their fish and <laughs> chips and, and whatnot. And uh, I don't know if they've ended food back in a club show. Man, Jared, you and I'm getting excited and mm-hmm. I got to throttle back. We do need to get this time machine for only seeing shows. Yeah. This is this just took my this this beat out Hendrix. <laughs> I'm thinking for the whole experience because it is a whole thing that's yeah. going on visually with this band. It's very dark. It's very foreboding. Yeah, it's unsettling. Maybe it's where the Jesus and Mary Jane got it from for certainly. Like I don't even think you get that movie The Crow without Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> right. I, I don't think you get Sandman. I don't think there's so much shit. We don't we don't get the cure as we know them. No. It's different without these guys. Gals. Yeah. Gals. So let's go into that second one. Regals. What are they calling us for? Regals? What are they for this? Like, Yo, we just got flanger pedals. Saxophone. That's not a happy sax. That's no yakety sax. Now, this wouldn't be the same if it was a harmonica, as far as to circle back to Culture Club. <laughs> they chose right with their harmonica. Susie chose right with the sax. Very much. This is being played by John McKay, who is a guitarist at this time. being frantic was getting your head wanting to go you know this yeah tension and release yeah then that that floor tom comes in and gives you gives you that rhythm to bang your head to so many bands that i played with at brooklake hall in pierce county back in the day yeah in 19 like 93 we're trying to sound like this really oh yeah it was long-reaching influence it's tough because it, there's not a lot holding it together. You don't have, you, and you're not going to find on this album, Kenny Morris, who's the drummer mm-hmm. for this album and the album prior, um, doing hi-hat, snare drum, bass drum, fucking combos. And that tambourine boy. Right? Now, he's not, I don't think he's playing that. I think, I think... I think Susie may be. (laughs) It just said drums. It just Uh, said drum. You don't get tambourine. But it's that Tom Heavy, the Tom Heavy grooves that are coming in. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, that's probably everyone was trying to sound like Jane's Addiction, and I just didn't know. That James Addiction was trying to sound like Susan Banshees. Yeah, and I most of my drum playing was informed by James Addiction, and it's neat to listen to Susan the Banshees. And same thing with like Black Sabbath too, where yeah. Black Sabbath, you know, they, they did a, a bit of that too, but snapped into a little bit more hi hat shit and swing. Yeah, Sabbath had the swing. Yeah, we'll get a lot of swing in new wave so much. No, but a lot of new wave is. Um, experimental with the drums. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a rebellion against, or, or you know, against um, '70s groove rock. Sure, we'll find something new. But this is, dude. The Cure is gonna. 
bite quite a bit of this right here. Just that, that, just, it's okay to fucking hammer on that floor, Tom. It's okay. <laughs> just do it. Like it's a ride. Also thinking though, Larry Lalonde from Primus. Mm. How's he's not listening to this guitar? Yeah, when it gets kind of atonal and yeah, aggro at the same time. It's not like a heavy sound. It's not like he's like doing the Sabbath thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not heavy riffs. But dark, still. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's its own heaviness. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not heavy in that classic 70s sense. It's heavy as in like, like depression is heavy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a gigantic it's, it's, wet quilt. It's heavy. heavy. It's heavy like the animation for the song Take On Me by AHA. Where you're like, what the f- This guy's in some fucking existential so trouble. I just watched that last weekend with the kids. Did you? <laughs> Yeah, it still holds up, right? Oh, they were blown away. I'm like, yeah, dude, this is like 1984. The mo, their the motorcycle guys swinging a wrench. Like, yeah, you don't want to get caught. But would you? They're coming out of a race and they have time to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. and you, he's not dressed for the race. He had nothing to do with the race. <laughs> You're like, just some, t- some dude, people are assholes if, in comic books. If two motorcycle mechanics from the 40s were coming after you, still in their helmets, coming from fresh off a race, like you know they didn't even finish, right. or they finished last and they're pissed, yeah. dude, you don't want any part of that fight. I'm not sure the plot line of that video, but it's it's amazing to watch. <laughs> it's that heavy. It's amazing. That's what Susie and the Banshees is <laughs> as far as heavy. Susie, yes. You're like, what the fuck? I don't know, but there's some trouble going on. Yeah. There's some processing. This, you know, things. Well, they maybe got I didn't see the video before that, so I don't. <laughs> the prequel. Who, cool. Who knows? They might have laid it all out. <laughs> <laughs> this, I believe, is the song you were talking about. Uh, placebo effect. You're talking about prescriptions. Was she being prophetic? Yeah, I think so. A little bit. Well, put that in. The- I also don't think it's an old fucking or it's a, it's a new. Issue. Not so much. There we go. Play the guitar like that. You could almost Lou read it over some of this stuff. <laughs> Thank God she didn't. Although I think they would do a pretty wicked cover of like Venus at first. Contemporaries, but that's a very Joy Division guitar thing to do right there. He's doing, yeah, it's, getting, it's going around, it's in the water. Um, Joy Division is definitely influenced by Susan the Banshees. 
um, specifically Joy Division's drummer, cited Stephen Morris <laughs> is his name, uh, yeah. and, and talking about Kenny Morris for suiting the Banshees. Well, it's his uncle, you know, so you have to say that. You got to. It's in the contract. <laughs> That's just... to letting us try anything like this. <laughs> no, never. This and he was a he's a good engineer, good recorder, straight down the barrel. A recorder is that the name? Is that what we call them? Competent No, I guess that's where the line is drawn. Yeah. Very yeah, technically yeah. proficient. Very technically. We got all of the sounds, and they and some of them even came out great in mastering, and sure. everything was all better for it. But experimenting with trying to get that those cymbal hits to cross over from left and right and then a, it's not quite looking into those trick plays no and it's not a, that's not a flange guitar we're hearing but there's a couple other things other than cymbals maybe it is all just percussion doing the Flash Gordon from left to right you know they have yeah. they, it, they, I think this took um, six months or so to record in the studio yeah, an air studio which was, uh, what's his name, from the Beatles producer guy, uh, George, Sir George Martin, the late Sir George No Martin. shit. That was his studio. They're opening this in 1970, like, right after the Beatles broke up. He's like, fuck, boys, we're setting up our own shop. <laughs> <laughs> like They're not the only act in unemployed. town. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it was a great studio, obviously. Um, and people were still making records there nine years later. Yeah. The production doesn't sound lacking on this. Now, there's, it sounds of 1979. Like that floor tom to ride it, it's coming through. And now we're probably listening to the remaster um, as, as with all the digital. Like, that's the one I, I downloaded. Yeah, yeah. But it fucking sounded great. But it, it sounds like kind of like a room, sounds like a dark room. Um, they sound like they're playing together. Uh, you it know? doesn't suffer from budgetary problems. No, it's clean. When they're being abrasive, they're meaning to. Yeah. It, it's by design, I suppose. And I imagine some of these tones, um, f- you know, aren't easy to, to grab. The You're hearing a lot of depth to her vocal lines. That's yeah. some good gear that made that come through. Good George mixer. has some good mics in there. I think he has some think? good mics, dude. And you let her use the linen mic? So that yeah, <laughs> yeah, I th- I do. I think that's the Lennon mic. Uh, here's the, the the truth is probably he would tell everybody all the mics were the Lennon mic. Yeah, Whatever mic he uses, oh, business. That's the Lennon mic. Hey, John <laughs> used to smoke. They used this on pet sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so we got as producers, we got uh, Nils Steverson. You know him, nice Jewish kid. 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, Mike Stravero. Asian, Ta-da! Asian fellow. <laughs> so those uh, that's that's the producers on this. This is also put out by Polydor. Mm. You know Polydor. Uh, Polydor. Polydor is uh, basically the UK branch of Interscope Records. Okay. Um, that's 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 their and then they went to Poly something else after a, a bunch of years. But dude, polyamorous. You want to know something crazy? Polydor was founded on April second, nineteen thirteen. Jesus, what? Yeah. Okay. Some old ass like re- recording wax cylinders. This yeah, this is like fucking war newsreel what company. Poly- yeah, what did Polydor like, <laughs> mean before World War One? Like it, what does Polydor you mean? Can, you can research it. It's fascinating. We obviously don't have enough time yeah. to get into it. And uh Polydor, that just sounds Yeah. Confusing. More than one, my friend. Yeah, right? Think about it. Think about mm-hmm. it. War effort, more than one. <laughs> the crow has left the stable. The crow has left the stable. Who were in the stables um, through Polydor Records? The Bee Gees. Oh, those guys. You know those guys? Yeah. I was I like just singing guys. that Beatles or Bee Gees song. I started a joke. I was just singing that like 20 minutes ago. When you first heard that that was a Bee Gees song, I mean, didn't that just make them awesome? Yeah. Sure, if you grew up with the disco Bee Gees like yeah. we did, and then yeah. you get to fall back into that early shit like Massachusetts, yeah, and uh, uh, how do you mend a broken heart and this yeah. bullshit like that? And you're like, what? Talent, talent, right there. You're like, why didn't you start with? The- oh, you did. <laughs> what kind of shit is this, man? Hold up, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, Eric Clapton. We got James Brown. We got. <laughs> A B B A, which is a palindrome. Uh, Abba. Yeah. Cheeky. You're making money then. Fuck yeah. Cream, Lana Del Rey, oh, Ingwe Momstein. You know, the <laughs> heavy hitters. Ingwe is on there. <laughs> wow. That had been like in the hate like in his heyday. Yeah, man. Late eighties. Sure. But they but they, Polydor they right like now. Polydor has they have a long history of backing talent. And getting it, it through, you know, uh, through the proper channels. So, mm-hmm. so we, it's a, it's kind of a surprise because we don't really hear a lot of Susie and the Banshees in, in, in you know, um, big music history. Yeah. But they, they, they formed, you know, a few years prior to recording this. They had uh, another album, their first album, um, does pretty good. <laughs> Susie and the Banshees. They do pretty good, yeah. and they go on for a bunch of years after this. Switch out a whole bunch, a whole bunch of members, a whole bunch of members, <laughs> whole bunch of members, <laughs> and uh, and and then reform and and whatnot. Yeah, like, but uh, they got like, yeah. They came up with like Generation X, which is Billy Idol's band. Yeah. Which he basically yeah. just turned into the Billy Idol band. Got Steve Stevens and he did he you know, he did the Gary Newman. He did. He pulled a full on <laughs> Gary Newman. Yeah. Learned it from the best. Yeah. <laughs> Newman. He probably knew Gary Newman. I mean, if he was on that scene in the late 70s, sure, like, dude. he probably knew Gary. Fuck yeah. That fucking insufferable robot cunt. Ow. Brush shoulders with... Tried to fuck my sex robot. <laughs> Cheeky. Yes. Notice how Jason Statham is also Billy Idol? I'm noticing oh, now. I told you I could only do one. <laughs> and the only one. That, though... Wait a minute. Oh, 
Icon is the next one. I love this song. This yeah. is this is I this is I think the goth like this is the goth song on there. Icons falling from the spires. You know, it's very very visual the way she lays it out here. Yeah. I'm an alligator. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, see what they went. My eyes went up to heaven. You didn't say I'd be blind without them. I can't feed the fires. I can't fall from the little bit of like warpids <laughs> and, and the idea that they gave her or allowed this band to have enough room to like to to develop this stuff it's recorded really well she's not exactly all right. getting to the chorus you know what I mean? yeah 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 it's cool. It's just, still just getting bearings on this song. I'm not quite sure what's up yet. That is three days and three other change addiction fucking bridges right there. That is, and it is, it is so awesome to hear it right here. Yeah. Because that also has inspired me yeah. so much. I've heard Shudder to think full similar moves like that too. I think it, that was just a lot of people caught that. And I don't know if, if Susie the Banshees are the first ones to do it, but they're the they're the closest ones to us to do <laughs> right. it, you know? And I didn't realize that until I listened to this album. Yeah. Now, I had heard a lot of similarities. I um, didn't pick up on it until you said it tonight. Honestly, I didn't. And then as soon as you said it, it was like, oh, of course. Dude, it's like almost to the second, the same duration. <laughs> it is just... Erotic Jesus! Absolutely. And the ability for me when I was playing drums forming to do four on the floor with my foot and let my arms do a whole bunch of different tom work and stuff like that it was directly from like steve perkins so he he did a lot more with his foot yeah boom you listen to this you're like holy shit dude i just saw my grandfather <laughs> fucking naked on a weird super eight that i found in the attic and i was like i do that too grandpa i get it It is, though. There are three chili rubber songs that end like this, too. 100%. <laughs> this, this breakdown or movement in a song has put its seeds through so much of progressive rock, rock and roll. It's a gothier version of The End by The Doors. Absolutely. Yeah. I enjoy this song way more. 
be kind of fucked the mamas in this song. You know the thing is, That's she's staying on theme. That's yes. the thing. She stays <laughs> she on theme, theme, dude. This every song has a fucking theme through this. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, she's, you know, what she's thinking about like Led Zeppelin had Icarus go up and kind of arch back. She watched him fall to the fucking ground <laughs> and was just like, "That's what the end looks like." <laughs> if you're an icon, you know, yeah. if you're a fucking, you put yourself somewhere. Yeah. Kinds of religious shit too. On top Absolutely. Of that. Beautiful. And was like, I gotta write a fucking poem about that. That's the. She is a poet, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Not all lyricists are poets, as we no. come to find out you know, in life. No, and, and I mean, she's chosen this delivery, which sticks with this band through and through. Oh yeah. She doesn't go through like her. Uh, Bob Dylan phase when he started singing all normal for a while. Yeah. Wait, who is this guy? They found Jesus and got right again. You notice that when he found <laughs> Jesus, he started singing right again? It's the power of Jesus. <laughs> Bring it home, Susie. Twice so far, and that's the way it is. How in this kind of not like anti-jam band, but uh, but also you know something you can rock out for a while. The hard, the hard spin pretty hard to the end of that song, for sure. Just picturing you know like Horde Festival '96, yeah, girl in a real hippie sundress spinning around, flaring it out like a six foot wide radius. Yeah, look look out, you catch like a. A uh, female bead in the eye. Or oh, something. you get the end of a fingernail or a ring across your cheek for sure. Um, that hard stop. That's how you let everybody know that you played that for as long as you. It's like a a wizard or is never late or is never early. Right. A, a, a wizard arrives right when he means to. When they mean to. So that, I believe it. That's they they pulled that move twice so far, and it's strong. It's a strong end. It sold it both times. Yeah, exactly. You know, doing all right. So we, as far as members of this band, we've got. Uh, do you know her real name? I didn't write it down. Is it not Susan? It's Susan. Oh, okay. Well, then we're good. But yeah, she spells <laughs> it with a little bit of fuckery, <laughs> and it's a little bit of Susie Sue, stage persona, um, persona, persona non grata. Um, and then we that got. That was my favorite police album. <laughs> <laughs> we got Stephen Severin. <clears throat> Who is uh, who went to Hogwarts, and <laughs> and was a teacher for a while, and then decided to play bass. I assume all British people have to go to Hogwarts for a little bit, and I'm kind of jealous of it. <laughs> a little bit, a, a little bit like the way that um, people in, in most countries have to serve in the military for mm-hmm. a couple of years. That I'm not too jealous of. But if I had to go, if I had to go to magic school instead, oh, shit, I'd rather go to the military. Really? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking selling out your muggle people like that. Get the, what the fuck people, is shit you. is this? Get you. Selling out your muggle people? <laughs> oh, you want to be? Yeah, I see. Somebody's not happy with their status. Let me tell you something. Jared. Those elitist wizards? Yeah. They don't They don't control me, like, bro. I wouldn't be like those dudes. Me. I wouldn't be like those dudes. I'd be like turning the lights on without moving. 
You know, I'd be doing fun shit, dude. Sorry, we just extinguished all my knowledge of Harry Potter now, though. So, all right, that, no, you basically nailed it. He, that that dude was playing bass. We got John McKay, who's on the guitar and, and saxophone. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then Kenny Morris. He's the one who's bringing in these drums. Doesn't say percussion, though. I'd huh. suspect oh, yeah. Kenny Morris was known. Uh, on some later projects. How was he known in the streets? He's known in the streets as K-Mo. <laughs> <laughs> and on later projects, doing the old Jethro Tull, where you record the just the bass and the snares on uh, uh, you know one track, add the cymbals to another track. And you could kind of see that with his playing. There's, he, okay. You could break all these parts down. Can I ask you about that particular technique? Yeah. That sounds like it'd be hard as shit. I agree. Okay. And not being a drummer, I'm like maybe that's easy, but it, it sounds to me like playing one string at a time on your guitar, which some crazy fucking bastards do that shit. Yeah. And that's just, whatever. You handle your OCD okay. how you have to. but For sure. Yeah. But there, to compare it back to um, playing split tracks to playing the full track or adding onto your tracks, I'm going to parallel it to singing, to singing double on yourself, where... You know if you you have uh, some sort of education in timing. So technically it shouldn't be a problem right. if your timing's good. Right. Okay, confront that demon anytime you want when you record over yourself. And the beautiful part is call them the happy accidents or call them your programming. Those weird parts where you intrinsically lag or hit at the <laughs> same time and catch up yeah. because of whatever reasons that made you do it the first time. Sure. And that becomes like, how the fuck did you pull that off? And it's like, man, because <laughs> no, no. I'm playing with myself, it's basically. Magic. It's the magic of music. Yeah, it's magic, dude. So, yeah, I, w- I don't want to do that. When I heard about, like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't care for that. No, I don't. I don't care for that. No. Oh. When I heard about um, Locomotive Breath being played by Ian Anderson, on the drums and he did the toms one way he did the cymbals and you know another mm-hmm. way or another track and whatnot um it took a little bit of the magic out of that song for me <laughs> though i imagine i'd love to see it played live um, sure and- but i was like oh man you can just kind of build a cool drum part if you spend enough time yeah you know um he had like the, the organic fruity loops <laughs> for breakfast that morning, he had real fruit, real <laughs> fruity. He had the real fruity loops, dude. That's that's a guy you can tell just loves listening to himself talk <laughs> and sing. Yeah, and I, let's do their second album. The fu- I, I absolutely, and uh, I love. I actually love listening to him talk. Oh yeah, well, he's got that accent and everything he says. Kind of just sounds a little ten percent. He's you know what he was the original. Uh, oh, what's the guy from Get Him to the Greek? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, you yeah. know he's really not yeah. as smart as he sounds. Right. Like it's seventy-five percent right. accent. You, you, and you like his, fantasy stories. His posh yeah. sort of accent that he puts on sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He he absolutely could tell you uh, uh, where Jim Morrison went wrong with his <laughs> lyrics, but right <laughs> with his uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. It was just a school recorder that we did that part on. It wasn't any kind of flamboyant recorder, flute. That's not bad. So said, that's a direct quote. <laughs> Let's close out this side of the album. Ooh, premature burial. That's some some lighthearted shit, I imagine. Yeah. 
pushing those black and white, black and white rocks away. Say that's some backwards guitar that they're getting that like creepy pipe organ sound from. I think he's just. I think he's volume. Now. I think it's volume now. say a war song as far as uh, yeah. categories to choose from off of this one this was yeah. this is she's extending that metaphor that zombies always represent the, the walking dead you know amongst us now i mean is this romero did fucking <laughs> did the walking dead come out or not the walking yeah. dead but the uh night of the living dead come out by 79 yeah. yeah. maybe like a year or two only but It is uh, that that sense of macabre, but then all of a sudden here comes search and destroy guitar line. Stooges one? I mean, yeah, I think so. One is Seek and one is Search, and I never remember. Yeah, I'm misquoting it, but it's a. Uh, well, I think that descending strumming line. I think it's line. fair to say that the Stooges were influential in these guys. Yeah, They did the uh, sad, angry saxophone. Where do they? Where do the Stooges fall into this? I mean, well, I, obviously not new wave. Like they're not post punk. They're like pre punk. They're like proto punk. That's how. Because they they were doing it before punk happened. They, they were punk before it was cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's all foggy. It's they're it's like, foggy to me. I feel like I can't see that far late back. Late 60s. Late like ten years prior to this. So they're, you know, punk comes and goes in between then and now. Okay. But I think a lot of those kids that in a certain punk bands, they either, you know, saw the Sex Pistols play a show, because apparently if you went and saw the Sex Pistols, then they said you started a band. Yeah. But they probably all listened to the Stooges. Who, you know, this is 
droney, like, no, I want to be your dog or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Very, they had it. That's, that was crazy, really. Big baritones coming. Yeah. It was some type of negative. Another, I think another one that would have to admit the cop a bit. Yeah. But they sound like this, except that guy that was doing the background singing is singing all the lyrics. Sure, I mean this is when you say the Bella Lugosi, this is, you know, kind of smacks of the of the male baritone over baritone over baritone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Dead. Just uh, a band, a pair that cover the B-52s just did. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> Bella Lugosi's dead. No oh, wait, but that was that was uh, that was Jello Biafra. Hold on, wait. Yeah. It's, well, they're we're, almost we're interchangeable. Get, yeah, no, we'll get to that that's thread. That's one of the dark secrets we'll get, of the we'll, punk we'll get, history that no one talks about. Right. We'll went into the who's, dead who's Kennedys uncle. and then into the uh, B-52s. <laughs> that's my sister's kid. <laughs> Well, and he had, the, he had that Icelandic cousin that started the sugar cubes in Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not too many fade outs on this record, huh? No, intentional endings. But a lot of outros, a lot of uh, instrumental outros. That's necessary, yeah. Yeah. You got to bring him back down again after you took him to this like like heights of ecstasy and then the refraction and yeah they have ecstasy in seventy nine I think they did I they they had uh, ludes again <laughs> I think I think I'm pretty sure the ludes were around then definitely there was ludes I think in the DNA search for was, ludes I think going around though it's another ancillary benefit to the time machine <laughs> ludes we can score the real deal dude man. if we can bring our shirts back with us in time we can bring ludes back with us from time right. But they'll be expired by the time we get back. <laughs> That's right. They immediately the date expired. Is right on them. You're right about that. They'll be expired. That's the, the Lude's paradox. Fuck. <laughs> so the Chinese can't figure out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great way to bring us into the middle of the record. Yeah. Well, what I would like to talk about, as far as in this Just break, a quick drink, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Make me one too, please. If if you, you would, if you, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like a shitty margarita. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best it's, but it's refreshing. It. Where I feel like a shitty margarita is sweet. This yeah. falls on the re- the refreshing it's not, side. It's not too sweet. And they need to be cold. The margarita needs to be cold to achieve those too. This one actually doesn't get any detriment for getting warmer. But I would like it cold, please. And there's electrolytes in there. <laughs> so uh, this is 1979 Fucking just like the last album Replicas There's a lot of stuff going on But what I don't think we gave enough Pause for Was um, Bo Derek was in the movie 10 Yes Bo Derek is a person <laughs> Bo Derek Because of the cover of the movie 10 Yes came onto my radar as a cultural icon. Oh, yeah, I can't hear that classical music that she's running over without thinking of those uh, culturally appropriated cornrows. Uh, the braids. She- the braids. <laughs> it's the first time you ever saw anything like that. Yeah. And now 
Um, I've never seen the movie 10. No, me neither. And I'm a Dudley Moore fan. Right? But I've seen Arthur. I haven't seen too much Dudley Moore. I feel like Dudley Moore has uh, is is the precursor to John Ritter. Oh, wow. I, I was talking with John. I was talking about John, John Ritter, Ritter uh, last Wednesday. And the person I was sitting next to said, I met John Ritter. Fuck out. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> and so uh, he did. He was sitting in like a restaurant and got to meet John Ritter. Um, and yeah, I thought that was amazing. I was so like, was awesome, cool. dude. And yeah, he did. And he also appreciates that John Ritter was fucking awesome. I mean, I, I, I brought him up when I was over in Singapore because there was, for a bit, we were able to sit down in some hammocks in another cruise chill out area. And John Ritter came up, as he does, and uh, you won't find a funnier person trying to get out of a hammock. <laughs> no, I forget about the, the physical shit. Yeah. So I feel Dudley Moore is, you know, three degrees to Bo Derek. I feel Dud- Dudley Moore probably is the precursor to John Ritter, because uh, eventually people are going to forget that Dudley Moore was hysterical. Oh, my God. We've got to keep their names alive, Chris, is what it is. Agreed. As long as no... So... To Dudley and to John. Cheers. His name was John Ritter. <laughs> now get in my tits. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, we already talked about these. The jerk came out, Apocalypse Now. I could have looked at yeah. some other things. Um, I, I just want to reiterate that Meatballs came out. And Alien. I want to reiterate that one because I feel like we didn't we didn't hit of, it last time. We didn't? Mm-mm. No, but oh, you're wow. 100% right. Because I feel it's part of this whole aesthetic that's going down in the in, night. Get on the mic here. In 1979, as we're getting, it's not like the most. I think we talked about this last week. The 70s just weren't all that popping mm-hmm. socially. I think in the world, wonderful music was coming around. Sleeper popping. But I think it was. I think it was hard times. Popping pills. 70s like just. Ludes. Yeah, he needed those pills and those ludes and that cocaine to get over the fact that the 70s fucking blew. You know. So, Alien feels like a part of that to me, like some of that pessim- late seventies pessimism. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's kind of it's all downer. Like yeah. Aliens is downer because no future. Nobody was the code of the punk yeah. rockers. Yeah, nobody woke up being like, "I'm stoked for work. My <laughs> life is good." They were all like, "We're getting fucked. We're in line for gasoline." Yeah, man. Gasoline. We're not getting our share. We're not getting our share. We no. want our share. By the way, you. That's something Ripley, we, we actually pass over because she had to fight the aliens and that took center stage. <laughs> she had to fucking deal with those guys asking for a bigger share or did that pressure, Always. that grin, dude. Uh, right. as, as far as character actors, Alien is saturated with character actors. Right. One of the best movies saturated with character actors. Holy shit. Right. Um, she had to deal with fucking contract negotiations before the alien. And a, what a lot there was a couple cutout scenes. She knew the alien was there sooner, used it to kill the crew. Right. She knew she was gonna be she was gonna be fine. Ripley gonna be all right. Right. She got she got that she got that that ship showed up. <laughs> it got paid. Ripley got paid. They didn't say that. Paul Reiser didn't tell her that yeah. or tell us that. But anyway, right. I it's think doing we, my, you know, doing doing my wait a minute. <laughs> we let it in. The ship could be infected. Who was the guy? He just passed. Uh, oh, they're both gone yeah. now, actually. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the white guy. Yeah. Uh, Harry. Harry. 
And uh, <laughs> that scene where he goes, uh, everything's right, right. That's all you ever say is right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yus- Yusuf, uh, yeah, he yeah. he died just more recently, I think. Yep. Uh, the other guy, maybe Dude, a year Bond two. villain. Mm. He was fucking. He's everywhere. Forgot about that. Yeah, he got offered the uh, Lando role. No shit. Yep. Dude, that would have put Lando it, it with didn't teeth. Didn't do it, so that he did Alien instead. No shit. No, sure. Yeah. Around the same time. No, I I think that's a good call. That's a better fit. I don't see Lando. I love. Oh, Billy D. Williams was born to do it. Yeah. Nobody. I love Billy D. Williams Lando. I don't think. I don't think Lando. I th- I think it takes a couple punches to get Lando down. But I don't think he's staying. He he's not fist fighting. He does, no. he finds his way out of it. Yeah. Um, be, be also because that's who's got the time, you know. He's right to do it. <laughs> um, I don't I don't want my Lando a little more aggressive. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. might have been. He's a little more menacing. Yeah, menacing. Menace is not something Lando has. No, no. He's charming. He's dashing. He's into car bashing. Lando can enter a room without being noticed. <laughs> Doesn't always do it, but he can. <laughs> he has to make a point not to. Yeah. But dress up in that crazy fucking costume. Dude had capes, Return man. of the Jedi. And I really like that uh, Lando and Han movie that they did. Just, With Solo? Just, yeah, dude. That was yeah. great. Yeah, it's fun. Fuck everybody that didn't like that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Your totally. Face. I think it's fun. I think I might watch it again tonight. Yeah, it's a good one. It's if you know, I got the Disney Plus. I can just fucking dial that shit up, <laughs> fall asleep. We want, bro. I'm digging it. I'm digging the. I gotta say, I'm. You know what? I got morally, I got problems with a lot of these big companies, <laughs> but I also do business with a lot of these big companies. The media tells me, so I believe that. So, uh, um, you know, Mad Max also came out. The YMCA, they all did. They had their suit with the village people. And uh, and I don't know how that fucking settled down. What do you think about what do you? What do you, what do you I, I think it's still going. Yeah. Apparently, these court things take a while. Mm-hmm. That's what's holding up the uh, tax returns, dude. Didn't you know that? I didn't. Get, you haven't gotten yours? Oh no, I was talking about the the demands. Oh, oh yeah, tax yeah. Returns will no, never I haven't. See. I haven't got mine yet. Ah. I filed. Everything went through. That time it's all year? good. <laughs> and I'm getting nervous. <laughs> Dude, you know what I've been looking up on the internet? Huh. Itchy urethra. Ooh. Now, not burning, not, not discharge, itchy. Is he being careful with the soap down there? I don't know if I'm being careful or not careful enough. Maybe not careful enough. Like Sometimes you catch some stray burn if the soap goes down there. You do. It's not. It's burning for a little bit, but then it, it goes to itch. I would say your urethra is one of the... Two most sensitive one-way pipes on the human body. I got a counterbalanced window upstairs. We can take care of this. You know what? I think it's probably... Right as rain in the morning. I think it's probably fine. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. If we let it in, the ship could be infected. That's a good point. Shut up, Ripley. Good point. What was on the top ten? What? Shout out to obvious edit points. But let me tell you about the top ten. Little River Band is back. But nice. I remember they were there last yeah, week. Dude. But they're here again, but it's a different song. I know this song. <laughs> dude, the Lonesome Loser. Oh, 
okay. Have you heard about the I Buffalo Bills? Didn't the Adam Sandler make it about a football kicker? Yeah. I know that one, so I've, I feel a lot better this week. Dion Warwick is at number nine, a classic. I'll never love this way again. Oh, yeah, sure. I think that's a Bacharach joint. The warwick Bacharach combo. That's, yeah. That's like a left and a right, like toothless. Yeah, it's like one of the best two-person sand beach volleyball teams ever. <laughs> Combos ever. Karch Karai and, yeah, dude. and Gabby Reese. <laughs> May, oh, Barbara Streisand, number eight. The main event slash fight? Yeah, that's. I think that's coming what from a that, Ricky that, Schroeder. Is that, is that from that Rhinestone movie or what? I, I think no, it, not Rhinestone. I think maybe it's 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 a John Voight and Ricky Schroeder movie <laughs> where he's a boxer, but he also yeah. beats his kid. I remember that one. Um, the main event. Yeah, right. I did something like that. The main no, event. I think she did one with Stallone. When I can see the cover when they both got the Dukes up and they got the gloves. Oh, you could be right. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those I'll best, what, best forgotten. Absolutely you know right. what I mean? Best. That was, let's go. That was me and Bob. <laughs> we were there. Good old Robert John at number seven. Who's that? I don't know. Yeah. Sad Eyes is the song, though. Is, uh, that's not These Eyes. No, that's These Eyes, and that's like. Uh, I'm really sad. That's, I know who you that know. is. Anyway, not anymore, apparently. That's a, that's a good song. Yeah. Maxine Nightingale, number six. I feel like she was on The Muppet Show, maybe. Lead I Me On so. was that song. Lead Me On. Oh, yep. When you're not... Sp- okay. <laughs> <laughs> number five, the Charlie Daniels Band. Tell Me It's the Devil. It's got to be... Do they have another song? They They got some, they got some jam. Get out of here. They got, dude, they got some jams, dude. All I know about is the devil went down to Georgia. He's rest in peace, Charlie Daniels. True. But also, boy, he took a hard swing towards the religious right oh, really? in well, his later days. He's going to be shocked. He, he wouldn't tend to be shocked. He right would even say, what he said. Basically, ed- about the devil? Yeah, but he edited it. So it's like. Oh, no. Yeah, it got weird. Yeah, and Kowalczyk started doing that shit, too, and then after a while. And yeah, that, I mean. Don't do it. What Prince wouldn't play Darling yeah. Nikki. So oh, but he was kinda... an asshole about it because he would play the intro. Yeah. Get everybody all frothed up and mm, and then just stop and like scold everybody. Like, you little pint-sized you little bitch. Bitch ass. Get... Rest in peace. No disrespect. No disrespect. Absolutely. No God. disrespect. You know. <laughs> but the devil went down to Georgia in September of 79. It's a pretty good jam. Yeah, pretty good jam. Number four, though, Electric Light Orchestra. Yellow. Yellow. Don't bring me down, Bruce. (laughs) Why did he put Bruce? Isn't in the title. No, but why is Bruce in there? I don't know, man. Bruce. Bruce. Don't bring me down, Bruce. (laughs) We were singing this when we were in Singapore, and we were having a chuckle about Bruce. Yeah, I don't know if it's Bruce or it's, it's Bruce. It's Bruce. It's, Bruce. it's not just me messing nah. with you like I did it's last week with the, the Michael McDonald song. No, it's but and hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> um, that's one of my. This is something I'm really enjoying. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm getting less critical thinking or because I'm just letting go and giving up, but just getting duped. <laughs> just being open to be get duped, you know. <laughs> did not see that coming. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> you know, as long as it's not a car accident or anything. Right. And know, I, stay sharp out there. I, I do it to my kids all the time. It's not really fair. It's, yeah, it's, it, you know. It's low-hanging fruit. I mean, I think Quincy still thinks Ed Sheeran's a hobbit. Did, did I ever tell you, oh, nice. One, an argument could be made. So, and I could debate either side yes. of those. I told uh, I told this one little kid when I was working at um, the JCC that I was the Red Ranger, and he believed me. The Red Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah. And then his mom, because I do karate and stuff, and, and you know, swimming instructor and fucking lifeguard and stuff like that. His name's Ben. Super fucking cool kid. Yeah. Um, mom worked there, and. Uh, I do, you just know he's probably an awesome adult now. His mom was fucking awesome. Um, but she was like, did you tell my kid that you're the Red Ranger? I was like, yeah, but I was like trying to pretend imaginations. This. And she's like, yeah, don't. <laughs> I was like, you're right. You're totally right. I knew I got in too deep because he, he bit it hook, line, and sinker. And some kids are like a little bit like he was genuinely like, for real? And I was like, oh, crap. to it. <laughs> But let me tell you about Earth, Wind, and Fire at number three. Yeah, yeah. Because after the love is gone, what used to be right is wrong. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that is, wow. Yeah, when I think of, that's the kind of stuff I would hear driving around with my mom. Yeah. It's jams like that. Not all of them. But when no, like, that particular one would come there, on, though, that one felt a little more. Yeah, they wake you up. Yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Number two, Chic, with like the most sampled hip hop bass line of all time, Good Times. What? How's that go? Like Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, yeah. Every rap song for yeah. the next five years would Holy sample shit. or just copy that bass line. This is, this is the song. The uh, Clash would do it on uh, Radio Clash. Jeez. Like, People were feeling that bass line. That was that bass line launched a thousand songs. Yeah. So good for you. Good for the neck, because they're coming in at number one with my Sharona. Yeah, I saw this. They, my Sharona's that strong our question right now. We had last week about whether <laughs> did they bite it from Gary? Because there was a song on the Two Boy Army album that sounded a lot like my Sharona. Oh boy. Contemporaries. You know, it's a full four months later. Sharona comes out four yeah. months after well, Gary. That's when it's number one. We'll we'll say that. I, I mean, don't I, know the release date. I, I, I'm sticking to I'm sticking to Gary. If if I had to just blindly guess, I'm gonna say Gary. They probably got it from Gary. <laughs> they got it from Gary. I think I think fucking Gary. Gary's in his room, fucking working on keyboard sounds and shit like that. They walk by Gary's <laughs> studio apartment. <laughs> Typing on the first yeah. word processor ever. <laughs> it lets me backspace without erasing. This, uh, this, wow. I don't normally look at this, but on all music, this record has a rating of two out of five stars. Really? Yeah. Fuck those people. Well, you know, <laughs> what do they know? Um, I think it, it got them, it didn't go top of the pop. No. But no, it doesn't have the big hits that you think of when you when you think of these guys, I guess. No, I think this is a um 
indication of what's to come, Bridgeway, but it's, oh God, I didn't want to say bridge. It's not a bridge episode. It's not a bridge album. It's, it's fucking no, really good. Fully formed. But they keep, they keep developing past this. Yeah. Yeah. And usually the stuff you hear of Susie and the Banshees is stuff that was developed way past this. Mm-hmm. Um, going into Kaleidoscope after this album, it's even got more Ramps emotion and jangle, but, uh, but all done better. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this isn't their best album by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a fucking good album. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like it doesn't feel fair album. to put it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great second album. Um, and it got them enough momentum to keep going. Yeah. Well, as we see from all the bands that were doing their second albums at this time, like U2, The Cure, like they were all just kind of waypoints. They were like, well, well, that's cool. But they would go on to do. Yeah. They would continue to impress for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, you know, when you got two people trying to climb a wall and one gives them the old heave-ho. Right. This is the old heave-ho. <laughs> like once that one guy does the triple kickflip, then everybody can do it, and then they go for the... Yeah. Somebody has to be the first. I'll go with that. That's a good one, too. Let's... Uh, playground twist. Yeah, let's go into it. Maybe that's about Chris over here. Well, Susie got abused. Gotcha. Yeah, and you talk about like Sonic Youth. Yeah. Some noise rock beginnings out here too. Totally. You know, I think she's getting into religious metaphors and, you know, it's, I, think, I think any, it's, it, fresh when it came out, I think this music was like, you kind of nailed it in that, this as original, that's a nice saxophone. kind of first one of the party on a lot of this shit, isn't she? Yeah, it's, it, it feels like college rock would, would be able to fill this space pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, or maybe like in the 90s, a college rock band is coming out with, you know, stuff like this. But it's because this was 
15, 20 years prior. Yeah. Uh, that's where I was going with it because it, it's, it reminds me so much of trying to figure out how to play music and just being able to get loops going and a swelling, you know, the, and, and the dynamics of it all. Right, right. Um, and that became a real indicator in some of my favorite college rock bands, bands that were playing around. You know, there was kind of like the, the, the punk response, and then there was a little new wave response. Um, sometimes Joy Division was shared between the two as far as appreciation of music, but it seemed like the bands uh, when I was playing in school were, were taking like, all right, we're going to go a little bit more raw, one, two, three, four kind of stuff, and we're going to go into Tom Swelling, <laughs> you know, and fours. you know, little Smashing Pumpkins uh, thrown in there as well, yeah. too. Um, wall of Sound stuff. Um so I'm getting like flashbacks listening to this. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't know where I was going with any of that. Jesus Christ. It brings it back, man. Jesus Christ, man. So I think that's what Christ. she was singing about. A little bit. This next one, Mother Slash Own Mind Papa. Hmm? I don't know, man. I think Susie's got a list. <laughs> <laughs> Your sisters ever have the little uh, like jewelry boxes that do this with the little yeah little ballerina that would pop up? Yes, Very popular in the seventies. I carried one with me through your several, first tour. No, in several World War One. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the smell of gas coming over the barbed wire and down into the trench. And at first it was sweet. It smelled sweet. And I thought, maybe they're barbecuing. Yeah. Your ass. And then I saw the skin on my buddy Franz start melting off his face. Hey, what side of the war were you guys on, Franz? There was a lot of sides are tough to say in war. Yeah, you don't know which way Papa. you're shooting. Cool it, mine, Papa. <laughs> what a great my idea, though, to sing, to sing over the music box, though. She's got yeah. different. Like, that's her backing. Is she singing the song that this is? Or is she, I have no she idea. doing her own thing? You're absolutely right, though. They mix her way back there. Put a whole bunch of reverb. A little bit of yeah, sonic fuckery. The bottom of a well. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, the girl from the ring. On? Yeah. <laughs> it's singing that's a song another before Susie she goes out. rip off the girl from the ring. <laughs> when she's waiting All for black people hair to play her so original. <laughs> your eyeliner. I saw Susie do that same yoga move. <laughs> the backwards walk. Yeah, yeah. She only did it once. What kind of York song is this right here? Right. <laughs> We're halfway to headphones right here. Dude, that is recorded really well too. Oh, that music right? box. Like you can is, hear that music box like it's in the you know what those things sound like. It's coming right into your dreams. That's short, that's that's the Lennon mic. This is my favorite dynamic of 
<laughs> she's doing it. She's nailing it. Oh my god. Of music box. The wind down. Yeah. Oh, you think it was a wind up one? You gotta wind it up. Oh, and they let yeah. it go? Yeah. Because that was pretty consistent, or do you think they had the nah. drummer turn in the crank? Oh my gosh, this is what I'm picturing because it's the one that I used to carry with me. It was the one that hung above my crib. It's the first oh. thing that I lost that I was really like, fuck. Son of a bitch. Yeah, and it happened in like ninth grade or so, and I had uh. been carrying it with me for about two years because I, you know, I found it after a little bit, and I'd be able to wind it up and immediately just dig the tune. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the wind down was awesome, but it, it. But what's beautiful about the wind down once you once you dick around with this music, it was fuzzy on the outside. It was, it was red and white. Um, I'll hum the song for you some other time, <laughs> <laughs> um, lest I break down in tears. Oh, uh, but you wind it up and and just like an old Walkman. But depending on where it's in, in the, the battery, in the life. battery, in the spring, in the ten, in the and the amount of tape, it has its own, you know, warbling, a ebb and flow. So this thing would wind down, but the thing is, as it's wind down, you could assist the wind down, uh, and and then even well past where it would have already quit, you can continue it to go, but you didn't want to go too far, you know, lest you break yeah, yeah. it or whatever, which I never did. <laughs> But I just reveled in winding it up, listening to it, and then kind of jumping it a little bit, a little bit. and giving See, giving it a little bit to those warnings. Oh my god! I, have, I was the one that broke all my shit immediately doing shit like that. Like I never learned. Happened the first I can remember is I had one of those. Uh, I don't even remember Viewmasters, but this was yeah, like yeah. a thing you plugged in and you turn it. And you watch movies, right? Oh it was sure. Like Star Wars or like scenes like them swinging across. Yeah, uh, on the rope, you know, flip book kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And like yeah. uh, stormtroopers falling down the thing. So they, it was Star Wars theme. Oh, yeah, it was a Star Wars ones. Yeah, and they would tell me, "Don't go backwards; it's bad for them." Mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. But it's funny to watch the right. stormtrooper fall up. And yeah, I did it all, and I broke them some bitches. And uh, for they told for me, sure, that's the like, way that flicker you, goes, dummy. I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. No, you, you know what? You, honestly, you explored the plot, the the, the device, and, and and it's it's a sign of intelligence, um, because you're like, you haven't figured this out yet. No. The, the, those viewmasters and those old timey fucking. There was one in the shoe store. Shout out to the fucking shoe store in, in Long Island. You put your face in it. You put like a penny. Maybe it's in the drugstore next door. But you put your, it was like made out of brass. I was like one of those riveted or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You put your face in and you watch people and garments run. You know? <laughs> Fucking it awesome. One of the dude. Old dirty ones? It was totally, no, it wasn't dirty. Because that has yeah, yeah. not changed either. Like as soon as there's a technology, porno. Dude, right away. As soon as there's moving pictures, I mean, as soon as there was pictures, it's like porno. That was a nice train shot, but you know what we could shoot is pussy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that was after the first yeah. viewing of the-, <laughs> the first time they had sound. Porno was right there. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, there, that's why we don't have HD DVDs anymore. The porn shows yeah. Blu-ray, Betamax, and shit yes. like that, dude. Yeah. Million stories of people going down. Absolutely. In the wake of the path of yeah, the porn. It all leads to slamming your dick in an old-timey window. <laughs> I absolve. All right, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I don't know what else we have to say about this album. You know? We're, oh, I do. Oh. 
let's play another track All and right. then I'll tell then we'll talk about Kenny Morris. The Lord's Prayer. This is a long one. We might have to talk about it in it, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> uh, it's like a 14-minute song. What? It's, it's heavy. Well, man. let's get into it. I think right. this was the religious one, not the other one about Well, I'm ready. ready. For sure. God, that's Florida's top. Sounds awesome. show you their punk roots. Going to town. John McKay on the guitar yes. and sax. That's right. Going to town. Undeniable amount of energy going into bashing that floor tom and making those strings go all janky and shit. Yeah. Nervous energy. During the recording of this album, they were not having fun. Hardly anybody was having fun, but Kenny and John were kind of getting fed up with whatever and I didn't <laughs> I didn't figure out what it what that is yeah. um, but they finished recording this album now it's time for the tour well when they're in Aberdeen not too far into the tour fucking <laughs> Kenny and John go fuck this tour <laughs> jog on <laughs> yeah knock it yeah knock it <laughs> For real. Okay. And they fucked off. And that was it. <laughs> they fucking left. Now, uh, another drummer sat in. Mm-hmm. Um, and another guitarist helped them finish that tour. Do you know what guitarist that is? Is this... Uh, was this Robert Smith? This is... Okay. This is this is part of this Robert Smith tie. He, yeah, yeah, Okay. This is not where I was going with the other surprise I was talking about <laughs> as far as wrapping around yeah. some of this new wave. But but Who's you you friend? mentioned no 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 we'll, we'll get to that. You mentioned something about Robert Smith though, right? Yeah. What did you what do you know about Robert Smith and this band? He was a touring guitarist. I don't know if he played on any of the records. I don't know, but I know he did at least one tour with them. Yeah. This is when he picked up with them because they were gonna like um, they were playing together. Uh, the Cure and Susie and the Banshees are orbiting each other a little bit around these times. Yeah. Um, and dude, imagine that show. These two, <laughs> fucking. You the Cure, the Banshees, and you two. Right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you let Joy Division open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were good. Um, 
so Robert Smith takes up uh, guitar duties for the rest of the tour. And, uh, you know, whether it's influenced by or contributes to or whatnot, but was uh, fucking a, a good shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jumped in because they wanted to keep going. Um, and like I said, they found another drummer and they got. Yeah, were the Cure opening that tour or something? They like opening. I feel like he was already there and he just yes. like stepped up and was a mensch. And, and because they, they tried a whole yeah, bunch. I'll do it. <laughs> that's what he said. I think that's what he said. Okay. And they're like, well, we'll try to find somebody else, but no, thank you. I know them all anyway. <laughs> He's in there. You're gonna go on to do great things in Police Academy, <laughs> three. <laughs> <laughs> um. But here's the fucking Kenny Morris. This is this is the Kenny Morris thing. What did he go on to do? Kenny? Kenny Morris, a drummer. Kenny Morris. Jumpa, 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 Kenny Morris. Yeah. He uh, started Morris Day at the time. He did not, but that's a great guess. He, uh, other than influencing Stephen Morris, I don't know if Stephen there's a relation Perkins. for, and Stephen Perkins. All the Stevens, really. Right. There's a, there, I honestly think there's a Stevens Club, <laughs> and in that club, there's the ones with the PH and the ones without it. Yeah, yeah, the V's, and nobody likes the F's. Nobody likes just that's the Stefan, and you're not fooling anybody. Yeah, but he always tries to get in. That's the thing about Stefan; always try to get in there. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, after Stephen, after Kenny Morris left Susie and the Banshees, he began drumming with a female singer. Named Helen Terry. Hmm. Helen Terry. What's her stage name, perchance? She didn't go by a stage name, but one of her biggest accolades was singing with Boy George in the Culture Club. <gasps> she's the lady on that record. She's the lady on that That's, record. She's the lady. And on if that you want to fucking hear. The drummer from Susie and the Banshees and the backup singer from fucking Culture Club put an album together. Is as wild as I think it is? Go listen to Helen Terry. Oh my god. Connected, dude. These roots are have many branches. Yeah. With many hairs. I think (laughs) I think London's the smallest scene as anywhere, I guess, when it comes to the musicians and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They probably live next to each other. They might have been fucking. We I don't know. Helen, I'll drum for you, Helen, any day of the week. Good morning. Mary. <laughs> Normal Mary. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to dig deep in the archives for that one, folks. We're going to join this 15-minute song in progress. Yeah, I think they did. I think she's almost done. She's talking about New York. Wait Straight up yodeling. Yeah. I think I think probably John and Kenny were like, don't keep it on the album. She's like, oh, we're she's doing it. Yodeling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's leaning into that yodeling. I don't remember this, dude. When no, I was I listening, don't remember the Lord's Prayer having yodeling. I don't remember. Uh, no, I don't remember this. Lo- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One. Yeah. Maybe if a cowboy said it. I feel like going to church, I would have remembered yodeling. <laughs> Yeah. 
the remastered version that I listened to today, they cut this song <laughs> in half. Well, this is, um, if you bought this album when it Peter came out. Peter Jackson's extended version. Yeah, if you bought this record when it came out, this is the closing track. Oh, no shit. Yeah. But I didn't split the record up that way. Yeah. As far as the format of the show. There's two shorter songs after it, but I think we should do it. band in my time went wrong <laughs> not everybody can pull this off well it just it it's kind of that um just hanging on fringe sound where you it, it may you may be able to end this by breaking fully apart and going into the the nirvana which they started doing uh they kind of brought back Bang, 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 bang. You know, chaos, instrument, feedback. Yeah. People leave and they're disappointed in the show <laughs> that they just put on. Maybe, but you're probably, but maybe they're not. They yeah. like, they left in silhouettes. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, or what they've been doing on this album a whole bunch is then the hard stop to let you know that this was intentional. We're we're not just right. deteriorating. We can count. Yeah, we can count. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. We know what we're, we can stop anytime we want to. Uh huh. We're choosing to do this. Yeah. And that's that Doors, Velvet Underground, Freak Out. Yes. Uh, kind of business. It is, dude. Right? It's that carryover from the late '60s. Um, <laughs> I want to say Freak Out. Freak. That's what it was. It was a straight up Freak Out, man. Jefferson Airplane was good at it. Right. You do a freak out like nobody's business. When the truth is wrong. Oh my god, I'm sure that I'm sure there's some 15-minute long versions of that song. Yeah. Throw it in when the white rabbit peaks. Yeah. Man. And no more. Oh, the white rabbit's peaking right about now. So here's the thing about the floor talk. Maybe it's drum heavy talk. Drum talk. Chris and Jared. Um, it's beautiful. It's great when you when you lean on it, and it's unique when you use it as like a ride. But boy, if you don't shift off of that thing to give the dynamic, to give it, it, it just gets too much. It now, this is when people it's the it's the quickest way to being considered tribal drumming <laughs> is instead of using the ride, just use your floor tom, and jumba 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 jumba. But, but you know what's cool as far as playing a drum is it really does move a lot of air and when you get in a rhythm it bounces you off and you hit back onto it and bounces you off yeah it trampolines it and you you kind of, the floor tom more than any other drum because you almost always deaden the bass drum and your foot's not as sensitive as your hand um, I absolve it, it's it's a lot of fun to get that thing rolling. It's a, it's a it's, and that's why I need to do it when yeah. I'm when I'm explaining it. It's very physical. Oh, just working through some shit on this song. Yeah. 
almost like marching cadences. Those guitars belong in like a uh, Albert Hitchcock movie or something. Just think of it as psycho themes or something. I mean, obviously not arsenic and old lace means. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Come on. Shits are frantic. So early Johnny Greenwood. Do you get the feeling that Susie might be more multi-orgasmic? Yeah, yeah, 100%. This song is. That's This song nuts at least four times. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the... It is kind of that Stooges little bit of... I mean, you know, it's, we're almost in danger of any time he hit, actually hits a riff making it sound... I think it sounds like the Stooges. It's the rise and fall is making those comparisons but that's that's the problem with the with the uh, i mean the swelling the this the the surge and the bring it back down and the surge and bring it back down it's jam bandy but at least at that point when you're listening to a jam band you can kind of get up to the guitarist journey for a while sure. and get onto the the <laughs> lame drummer journey and get onto the fucking you know, you start finding your Gilligan's Island personality <laughs> in whichever part you like of a jam band. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, th- this this is like straight strobe lighty. Oh yeah. End of the album. End of the club. End of the show. And you're sweaty, and you're done. You're done. People are leaving. Drained. They're outside now. She's still going. Smoking cigarettes. Everybody's steaming. Yeah, she's not going to come out and hang out with you anyway. They're all going backstage and Dank doing... London night. Everybody's steaming yeah. and smoking. This is to let the people in the green room know, like, get this shit lined up. <laughs> We're coming back. Show's over. Feedback guitar. I, I don't even have to turn that off if I don't want no. to. But, you know, at this point, stagehands got it. They got... They got they got support. They got stagehands. They can just Jesus and Mary chain silhouette, leave the stage, mm-hmm. go down the stairs, go behind the curtains, disappear. Feedback's still going. Stepping right into that limo. Yeah. Do you think that limo? limo? You know, they're recording at Air Studios. They're on Polydor. I think there's a, I think, I mean, at this point, you know, maybe they're not selling a ton of albums, but they got to at least have a, a, a nice dressing room. A flat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> a bus at least. I hope they had a bus. I mean. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, if you're touring, that's the thing. If you're touring Europe. Get your own lorry, yeah. You get your own lorry, a driver, <laughs> a lorry driver, and then just out into the countryside Hitting all the countries, you you can do it in a bus. Is what I'm saying. True, you can yeah, bust that get shit. Get on the continent, and you're pretty good. <sighs> Fuck, how rad would that be? A rock and roll tour in a bus around Europe. <laughs> uh, that's Cliff Burton. But uh, the next track is called "It's Fucked Up." <laughs> Love in a Void, and this is you know at uh, added after the 2006 remaster, but they're both short, so I'm gonna roll them. Yeah, yeah. Love and avoid. That's rocking. Oh, yeah. It's that old shit. Yeah. We can still do I mean, that. it's almost surf rock. 
lot of toms and surf rock too, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Sia does, has a lot of that in her voice with the, with the, 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 the little squeaks and the whips and the, yeah. and, you know. That's it. It's got a few guitar tracks on top of each other right there, making that thick, that yeah. thick sound. I wonder. God, I should have. Uh, Maybe these were singles at the time that got left off the album because British people didn't like to put their singles yeah. on the album. Yeah, in 1979, you're going to throw your single out there almost as a separate entity. Yeah. Advertisement for the album. Yeah. It's not on the album. <laughs> now, I'm not mad at them getting or Kenny getting out of the band. And uh, same thing with uh, with John. There's, I think, Susie and the Banshee sound kept developing. They're their band that didn't just keep doubling down on their their sound right. from first to second to third to fourth album. They they kind of inspired some of the sounds maybe, and then um, and then reacted to it in later years. Like what what was getting popular and how that was. How is that influencing Susie? How is Susie influencing art? Uh, does art influence life? She's doing that. Uh, coming to America, bark like a dog. I watch the second. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just hear a lot of Slater Kitty on that song right there. Like, they made some hay out of that. Yeah. That was Love and Avoid. <laughs> Yeah, they were. So, you know, that's an extra little single from from Chris and Jared to you. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have to play that. <laughs> we're completists in these parts. Uh, I mean, it, shit, it was a double A side. So, it, it, part of the deal. I knew something was up because they, I don't know when Britain started finally getting, I think around the time Boy George had come around, they were leaving those singles on the album. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I- including them. Yeah, I think being we're like, on the why, cusp. why, why don't, why don't we just keep put it on the album? Yeah, we're. I think we're. This is where the tide's changing on that front. I, I think you're right, man. I mean, album structure, something we don't talk about too much, but a little bit. Where's the good shot on the first song or the second song, the third right. song? You know, That's, how do you start the second yeah. album? It's, 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 to re- refer to any of that structure with Susie and the Banshees, I, you know, nothing stuck out to me. <laughs> nothing was like. Oh well, here's the cut. Yeah, yeah, um, right. The 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 um, the Tom break. The first time we hear the Tom breakdown, the the three days breakdown. <laughs> that that's it's solid. For but sure. yeah, we we'll play pick the single on here. You know. Yeah, Fuck. it gets easier later in their career. Yeah, um, off of their albums, pick the single. Which one's prepped for the radio a little bit more? Um, but. Uh, where, where we go? What were you talking about? Yeah, I don't think they were looking for singles. I mean, I'm sure their record label was looking for singles. I just don't know if they were. Yeah, none of these seem like a failed attempt at a radio single. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, totally. They're not missing it. They, I don't think they were aiming at it. 
Right. Maybe that's some of that tension. I mean, two of the members, two of the four leave right. to support this this album that comes out. Doesn't stop the band. Um, and, you know, the label doesn't stop, uh, you know, backing them right away. They don't get dropped. They still, no. they still got a career ahead of them. You used to um, get a chance, man. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but but you look at al- uh, almost like The Cure. There's a lot of people who come through this band. I don't know all of them. I don't know some of them. I, I think I thought I was clever figuring out that Helen Terry tie. <laughs> That's pretty great. And that was enough for me. That was good enough for me too on this episode. I think uh, we should explore a little bit more of this new wave on the next episode. Find that. Smoke weed every day.